after. Oh, that's fine. Don't touch it. Okay. Can you hear? Yeah, I can hear. Okay, I can hear too. All right. This has to be the most technical difficulties I've ever had. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, that was a little weird. All right, Mr. Eric Martinez. Welcome. Hello, hello. I'm excited to be here. Yes, we're super excited. We, me and Tiffany had a whole thing of trying to figure out who you were for a second. Oh, really? Because I was on the Instagram. I, I, I wasn't planning on saying this. I just randomly thought about it just now. But I was on Instagram. I saw the message. And I hit up Tiff. And I was like, <laughs> I read what your, your at is. And I was like, do you know? And then. It was Eric me. Jordan's. And I was like, and she was and like, I was like, nah. no. <laughs> no, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, Eric. What, what is this? Eric. And then when I was I like, looked, Eric I was like, Mimtina. I was like, I, was like, I was like, I know him. <laughs> like, I know that guy. Yeah. He's cool. He's it's not just, fake. Exactly. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, you're messaging him. Then. <laughs> See, after I messaged, I was like, wait, this is a dual run account. Because <laughs> mm. I just went, girl, you know me. I love to talk. So yeah, yeah, I, was exactly. like, Who's gonna I knew it was for <laughs> Tiffany. So I was like, yeah. Tiffany's going to respond to this. Yeah, I just assumed. But yeah, no, we're excited that you were able to come on. And like, um... Our schedules are so fucked sometimes. Do you want to kind of uh, state how long it took for us to set up? Or, well, I'm not even going to say we. For you to set up today. What time is it right now? It's 8, Johnny. It was an hour. of. I was, I mean, I was set up by, I mean, what? I was turning on by, like, well, no. I, I turned on by, like, 7, 15 or 20 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then it was just not working. And so I had to change up my whole system just to make it work. But anyways, nevertheless, um, we really appreciate you being here. Um, nobody else it, we could get to be our guest. Yeah, so you're stuck with me, unfortunately. <laughs> Never. I definitely wouldn't say unfortunately, but no. um, intro. Oh, no, no, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So just for people that don't know you, like you could say your name and like just kind of who you are. Yeah, so for sure. For anyone who does not know the icon that is Eric Martinez, um, I'm 23 years old, going to be 24. Uh, I, I also like to do video, and I've done podcasting in the past. So I really just like doing anything artistic. Yes, yes. And then Tiffany was telling me you did something with animations or something like that, or is that a different thing? No, I did, because um, when I went to school, I did animation. So that was actually a lot of fun because I've used it in my professional portfolio as well. And I made my thesis film last year, and it actually went to six festivals i just found out last night very exciting news that it was a finalist in um in a festival i believe somewhere in the united states that's that's sick i mean it's super impressive people don't really understand how hard it is to get into festivals and how much um you have Money. to pay you have yeah. to, to get in all these festivals and it's it's actually really insane so that's sick, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. It's definitely anxiety ridden to be like I'm spending all this money and it could just be no, sorry. Yeah. A hundred percent. I did a film for my intro to film class for college, and it happened right at the beginning of COVID. Like, half of my class, the last half, was distance learning because that's how, like, in the, like, the pandemic it was. And I did my film, and I did a festival run. Yeah. And I did a GoFundMe, and I raised, like, $1,600. And I just did all that just to entries. And I got into a fair amount of them, but... I was not able to attend anything and everything was just streamed mm-hmm. and nothing came of it. Not a single connection. I never got to talk to anybody. Only one of them, only one of them I was able to answer some questions and it was like 
a very local one that yeah. was like put on by former students at DVC. I understand that because definitely with the festivals that I've been to, it's just well, now it's going off to compete and then you just find out afterwards. Like you don't you're not really a participant. It's just, sometimes it feels like you're just paying to put the laurel on your poster, which is always uh, nice. 100%. <laughs> it's always nice though to get that like certification but sometimes you're like i want to i want to showcase it and i would like to talk about it Mm -hmm. and see if anyone wants to talk to me about it but it's always just been no you didn't win but thank you (laughs) an official selection you know people do podcast runs to like promote things so it's almost like you're coming on the podcast to promote your film going into the festivals i could i mean honestly it I haven't submitted to anything new since last year just because it got so expensive. Dude, it was insane. To, I didn't realize how expensive it was. Yeah. I mean, some of them are free. Like, very, some for, are free, yes, but some of them are $5, and some of them are, like, 40 to $50. And if you want to submit to a good amount, you're going to get denied by 90% of them. How mm-hmm. many, do you know how many overall you submitted to? I think I submitted to, like, 15, and I got into... Well, maybe not even 15, more like 12, 13, and I got into six. That's incredible. So that was really nice. I think it's just because the medium was animation, and I submitted as like a college filmmaker. So I know it's just a little bit more niche, and especially I think, um, I mean, I'm not trying to say that the story was like all that, but I think the method I used was really creative. It was kind of um, animating like a sketchbook that came to life, and it was about just a character who um, in this little universe, he was a paper doll and all the dolls have little hearts sewn onto them like yarn. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up giving it away to a person and he lost his heart. But in the end with friendship, I know it's kind of cliche, but with friendship and then finding a partner that gives back instead of just taking his heart became whole again. So I think that's why that's really cute. Like I actually want to see that now. So is it on YouTube or anywhere that, people could see it or is it are you um, keeping it right under wraps now, while it's doing the festivals yeah right now yeah. while it's in the festivals it's kind of under wraps i want to release it but i also want to like gather some more money and see how it fares because i just know some festivals are so picky it's, it's yes you yeah. can have it online or no you can't it has to be just exclusively private mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that makes sense it's it's actually really crazy because you have to do like almost like a survey before some of them. You have to answer all these questions and you have to meet these certain parameters. And like I'll go through the whole process. I'd go through the whole process of signing up for one and just just about to pay for it. And they're like, "Oh, you don't qualify for some stupid reason See, that they with, don't disclose beforehand." With mine, I made a whole press packet just because I know it's like, "Is this one hundred percent yours? Have you used anything that you that's copy written?" Blah blah blah. So I have like this six page document that details like all the resources I use to create it, like all the textures, all the gotcha. pictures yeah. Yeah. and just like even the music I use, like putting in the license that I have that way there's no question of like, yes, this is 100% mine. Yeah. You don't need to verify it. Please just select it. <laughs> no, that's actually, that's super smart to have because I mean, if you get into like the bigger end ones, they're definitely gonna be like, what's up with this? Or just to make sure, um, what, did you use, how did you submit to him? Did you, did you use Film Freeway? I did use Film Freeway. Um, would you like to hear a funny story about how I submitted to the uh, Student Academy Awards? Yeah. So I didn't get in. So we'll just preface it by that. Just because there's so many talented college kids. So with the Academy Awards, they have a student section. So I, if you, I submitted to it too. Yeah. I think yeah. So I submitted past the deadline. However, I was able to get in almost a month after submissions had closed. 
because last year I broke both of my front teeth. Oh, so yeah. I was swimming and then I just... You dove in, right? No, I was just swimming. I was oh. swimming and then I my chin hit the bottom of the pool. Cause That's I, what was, I'm the kind of swimmer where I like to swim under the water. I don't like to swim on top, but mm. I was too low. Broke my teeth. And then I went, you know, this could be a really good excuse to ask them if I could still submit. Because um, I had actually totally forgotten about it. So it was um, yeah. it was my fault. Yeah. But so after I got my teeth fixed, temporarily, got new teeth now, but um, <laughs> I wrote up this whole letter being like, oh my God, you know, I was tweaking it and perfecting the film and I was going to submit it on the day it was like, the it was called for applications. And I know I should have submitted it beforehand, but I was trying to make it like the best it could possibly be. But then I broke my teeth yeah. and I could show receipt because coincidentally, I got my um, temporary teeth put in the day the deadline was. Yeah. So I was like, if you want, I could send yeah. you a receipt of the bill. And like a week later, someone reached out to me and was like, you know, under these special circumstances, here is a code. So oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Didn't get in. Oh, I was yeah. a little bummed, but. Yeah, but still, that's really cool. Yeah. It was fun to be able to be like, please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cool that you had somebody from like the student academy awards talk to you though you know yeah that's so pretty cool yeah and they were actually i'm not gonna lie the responsiveness wasn't they would respond to an email kind of like telling me what to do but if i followed up with them i wouldn't really get a response so that was kind of frustrating but at the same time i was happy that someone just got back to me because i know like they're probably so busy yeah yeah I, i i feel like it was super hard just being in contact with people because even when I was, like, even if I did get into one and I was trying to, like, contact somebody and be like, what's happening? Like, what am, what are we doing? And then they wouldn't respond or they wouldn't respond for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And then I, I know because I, I got accepted to one and they were having some type of event thing for it online. And they were, it was a month later that it was happening. And it wasn't until, like, three or four days prior to the event that somebody finally reached back to me. And it was like, hey, this is the this is the Zoom code to get in. And this is where it's happening. And it's like, thanks. Yeah, that's always frustrating. Because I had one festival. It was a free one. But then I realized it was kind of like a freemium festival. Mm-hmm. So everyone gets in. But the audience has to pay for a ticket. And then the audience votes on the film. So really, I didn't do any marketing because I was like, I wouldn't feel comfortable telling my audience, please go spend $10 just so you can vote on me. Yeah. But I definitely thought, I mean, it wasn't a scam because I I know it wasn't because it's like a verified festival. But I think sometimes the method is just kind of like, yes, anyone can get in. But in order to win, you have to market to get people to buy a ticket. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean... I would have done. I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have had people go pay money. I mean, I paid money, but that was as far as I was gonna go. <laughs> like I was like, okay, I'll vote for myself. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I remember um, me and Stella hanging out with you in your room, and you were telling us like your idea of the short film. Yeah. While I think while you were making it, and I haven't heard it in a minute, and so when you reset like the premise of it and stuff, I was like, oh yeah, I was like, no, that I remember that. But it's kind of cool because it's like full circle. You're like done. You're yeah, it's finished. It yeah, that's amazing. That's what I thought was pretty cool too because I remember the concept came to me in 2020 and I was like, how am I going to do this? Because mm-hmm. it's just a team of myself when you're a student, especially yeah. when you're doing animation. It's so, I won't say niche, 
but just the skill to like do what I wanted, I knew only I could do it. Yeah. Because also the interesting thing is um, the whole film is rotoscoped, which means I filmed it and then I drew over the video mm. to make sure everything looked fluid. It looked nice. So it's honestly really funny when I scroll through my phone and I've just got shots of myself in the backyard, <laughs> like doing all the action. Yeah. And sometimes That's I was so both cool, characters. Though. That's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was both characters at one point. So I remember it was so funny because I was just in my backyard and I was dressed in like pretty baggy clothes because mm -hmm. um, I figured out early on when you're drawing like a, a doll, at least when I was doing it, they're like two times larger than a human. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to wear like boxy clothes. That way I had an easy shape to draw over. Yeah. But doing two parts at the same time was hard. Like there was one part where I filmed one scene and then I came back to it and I actually had to get like a chair and then tie like a stick to it and like make it level so I knew like what was eye level where I was like holding a particular thing and then it was just pure luck stringing the videos together and being like please tell me that this fits because yeah. the angle could have been wrong like the way I was facing in one character's point of view could have been a totally different angle that another character was facing so it was definitely really challenging but again, it's really cool to think like last year when we had that conversation, yeah. I was really blind to like, how am I going to get this done? And now it's a year later and it's completely done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. I feel like um, you said dumb luck and I feel like you're counting yourself out a little too much because I mean, as much luck, as much as there would be luck, there's also the like you thought of doing the angle right. You know what I mean? Like you definitely put in the work and the knowledge to yeah, add in. I, I, I know see. what you're saying, but I just, I want him to know that he put a lot of work into it. it wasn't no, hundred percent. I don't think Thank he's you. discounting himself. You're welcome. You're no, welcome. but like, like, cause there's sometimes you just shoot something yeah. and you put it together and you're like, no, I, how did I that understand just that. fit together? Yeah. Like, you're like, how did this just flow like that? Like, that's insane. And it's almost like, it's the kind of the, it's kind of like the, the beauty of it because um, you know, half of like, you know, more than half of it is all pure talent and skill and creation and all that. But yeah. like some of it you have to allow for that little side of things just kind of work out beyond what you expected. And yeah. that's the, that's that the, kind sense. of a really beautiful part of all of this. And it's, you know, it's, I, I can definitely relate to the idea um, of dumb luck. Well, well, yeah. And it's just like, there's, mm -hmm. I remember sitting editing my film and I was just like, this is, you know, this is fucking sick. I was like, yeah. whoever shot this is fire, dude. <laughs> well, That's yeah, and, and, and I definitely relate to, like, the how am I going to do this? Like, yeah. I know what I want, but, like, like, am I going to, am I actually going to finish this? Am I actually going to go through with this one? And then, you, and then, like, when it comes to complete fruition and it's there, and it's tangible, it's a thing you could watch, it's just so fulfilling. It's kind of insane. Yeah, definitely. When the end product's done, you're like, it's a sigh of relief, but at the same time, you're like, "Well, now what?" Yeah, <laughs> no, a hundred percent. Have you have you gone have you gone back at all and saw it and said, "Oh, I could do this different," or "I could do this different"? See, I did that the second I turned it in. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> when we watched it together as a class, there were definitely things that I noticed I could have done, but I actually watched it. I think a couple weeks ago, and I was like. No, I remember because it's very simple when you watch it because, mm -hmm. again, it takes place within a sketchbook. So everything is like the texture of paper. Mm -hmm. So it looks very, very simple. But I remember all the layers and all the different channels and all the different effects I had to apply onto it just to make it look 
simple but effortless yeah. and i'm like at this time no <laughs> i don't want to go back in and change anything it's perfect just the way it is yeah well yeah because i mean it's also a reflection of you at that point and like you know even if you like you're better at your craft now and you say oh i could do all this better and it's like no like that was that's it represents who you were at that time and how good you were and what your thoughts were because it's like now I could watch my film. Sorry, I'm like relating everything. I'm not trying to like keep no, talking about film, about but it. I'm trying to like relate to it. Yeah. But I could like I could watch it. It's like ten ten and a half minutes, and I'm like I could cut four minutes out of that. But at the time, every cut was purposeful. Every lingering shot, I like was specific. I wanted it that way. But now after watching it, I'm like, ah, oh, actually, I kind of want it this way. But it's like that's not that's a different me that made that film. Like I shouldn't touch it because I yeah. thought about recutting it and I'm like, it's better just leave it the way it is and then make something new and then show myself that I could do it with something new and then let that be what it is. Yeah. See, I think my problem is <laughs> when it comes to going back in, once I finish a project, I just organize all the files in a folder and I put it away. And I know the issue I have is if I open it back up, the program's going to be like, where did everything go? You reorganized everything. And I'm oh, like, I just yeah. don't have that time to go back and manually be like, no, this is where all these clips locate, are. Yeah. Yeah. Cause with Adobe, what happens is if you put a file anywhere different and you reopen the file, the program will be like, what happened? Where did it go? I can't find it. You have to find it. Tell me where it is. And then I'll put it back. <laughs> I literally had to deal with that today. Like I literally I put something in the wrong folder and then I was like, oh, I need to put that in there because somebody might come in after me. And then I clicked back into it and I was like, I know, locate the fucking file. And then you go locate and then you're able to find it. But it's just, it's so fucking funny. That I know. I hate it. I'm like, I, w I know it can do it manually, but you have to tell it where to look. Yeah. Well, I've, I hate it because if you, if you just click the search button, it'll just search your whole computer. Well, that takes forever And then it do. takes forever and it doesn't, it doesn't always find it. And then sometimes I'll go to the exact folder and then like it's just like i don't see anything here and like i'm looking at it like yeah. I'm clicking on it right now and then and then it does it's like i'll go to the folder where all the footage is i'll click on one and click okay and it's like okay we found that one like just look at everything else my guy like yeah i feel that and then like there are times too where it's just not worth the hassle because then you have to close the whole program down and then reopen it back up. That yeah. way the prompt comes back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you say cancel, yeah, it's done. It's done. <laughs> like you're like, I can't locate it now, I guess. Yeah, it just turns red, and then you just have to start the process all over. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no. As much as I, even if I wanted to go back and edit it, I think everything is so filed away at this point <laughs> that I'm just like, I'm just keeping the master copy on my, like, on my desktop, and I'm just leaving everything else in the abyss. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel that. Um, so you said you edited a podcast before. What was what was going on with that? So that was pretty interesting. That was my first internship I ever got. Um, I never knew in college how hard it was to get an internship just because everybody wants one, especially in video. Everybody wants to be a video editor. Everyone wants to do effects. Everybody wants to do color grading. Everybody wants to do videography. And honestly, I had such trouble finding a job, well, an internship pre-pandemic, but then it kind of became easier when the world shut down because it went from me looking for places locally, I was able to look past California. So I found a remote position in Florida and it was for a nonprofit. It, it was a startup, so it wasn't anything too fancy, but it was a mental health awareness podcast because... um. 
to give a short synopsis, um, the founder, he has a terminal illness. It's called CTE, I believe. It's where he's had so many concussions, his brain is now dying. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to dedicate the last chapter of his life to just making a podcast, kind of explaining his coping mechanisms, his symptoms, if anyone else is going through anything similar, and also just talking about general mental health awareness because it's definitely affected him. So he would bring on guests via Zoom, and they'd have like a two-hour conversation, and then I would just go in, clean it up, um, clean up the because it was audio visual so I'd clean up the audio I'd clean up the visual and then I'd like split it up into different episodes mm-hmm. that way there was like content in the tank huh, that job though was just kind of messy because there was just no structure to it I mean all power to this man and I really appreciate him you know having such dedication and passion the issue wasn't him it was just like the company was run on interns and I think that was its fatal flaw mm-hmm. was Everyone was unpaid. So to me, it came across when I talked to other interns, it was, why should I care? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, why should I care to do the research? Why should I care to do these meetings? And I did feel bad because I hate to say it, the podcast just stopped production when I left. Like the last episode I uploaded is the last episode you will see on YouTube. That's the newest one. Because we tried really hard to get new interns that could take it on. But like I said, there was just no motivation from the students. And I know they were all wonderful people. And I'm not saying that they're bad. It's just I don't think the drive was there. So then what happened that when I left, nothing just took off because I just don't think the initiative was there. So it was definitely an interesting experience to kind of lead a team of people but also problem solve because after a while it wasn't me just video editing a podcast. It was me helping market the podcast. It was me helping introduce new interns to the company. It was me helping lead team meetings. So the best way to describe it was it went from being practical to just impractical. Yeah. I mean, that definitely makes sense. And that's just insane. Honestly, like it's just, I, I get it that the drive's not there, but you know, it's just like, I feel do you, do you think this they, they were there just there for college credits or do you think they were there because they kind of cared in the beginning, but then it just wasn't as rewarding as they thought it was going to be? I think it was a mixture of both because um, there were definitely a couple interns that just weren't taking it seriously. And I knew they weren't because um, I'm not going to get specific because I don't, no one deserves to get called out, but um, there were just people who weren't holding their weight. Mm-hmm. And so when they weren't holding the weight, it affected the production of everything but there were also kids there that really wanted to um, make a difference and really go on this company and help with the mission of not just the podcast, but help with the website and help with like all the different um, coping strategy research, different types of research. But again, I think without that foundation, no one really knew what to do or where to go forward. And I did feel very bad having to leave but um, after a while, it was, I have to do what's best for me. Because, again, it just became impractical of, I can't just lead a team of people. I can't just have people that don't really know what they're doing. And I just can't be around people who um, who just won't take it seriously. Yeah. And, like, to, to confirm, though, you were, like, this whole time, and you started taking all these extra responsibilities, you were still unpaid, right? I was the only intern that did get paid, but it wasn't like I was hourly or 
monthly. I was just compensated per video that I would make. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. And then, um, oh, damn it, I lost my train of thought. I was going somewhere with that, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, where did you end up leaving from there? So I actually lined up another internship because it was just more in line of what I wanted to do. And it just seemed more practical because I was really grateful for the experience. And I really, truly did learn a lot about like management and marketing and video editing and like for the first time publishing for another company on behalf of someone else. But um, I found another position to be a marketing intern um, that month because I think the last time you and I hung out, Tiffany, I was telling you like, oh, yeah. yeah. I think I found a new role. Like I'm applying like for the new manifestation roles. of it, like wanting better. And then you're like, Oh my God, I got the job interview. Yeah. yeah that was really that. exciting. Cause I remember like a hundred people applied and I was one of three that got picked. It goes on your left hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was one of three people out of like the hundred that applied and they were interested because of the animation experience I had. Mm. Cause I think um, a lot Leverage. of people, yeah, right? Because yeah. <laughs> a lot of people like that. They like seeing it's not just you can do video, you can do a certain skill. And I was brought on because it was a startup company to help market their product in terms of doing video. So I made short format content that went in their newsletters, their email campaigns, on their web pages, on their YouTube pages. So that was a lot of fun. And then when the internship ended, I did freelance work for them for about two months, just like making a set of videos, like a user guide style. Mm. So that was definitely fun. So it definitely kind of introduced me into marketing a little bit, like video marketing. And I think it definitely like strengthened my skills within video too. Mm. That's kind of cool. Cause, um, you kind of, I mean like how you were saying, like they liked the aspect of the animation, I feel like it also kind of adds in like a certain amount of drive that they want in their team. Like you were saying how you didn't have that um, kind of followed in your other job. And it's kind of cool. They probably picked that out because you have kind of like these interests in other directions and wanting to like kind of like keep learning, keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Because um, I already knew going into college, being a film major just wasn't going to be the best thing mainly because I just know it's not the most <laughs> lucrative job, you know, out there. Yeah. You know, people don't realize this, but like a, f- a, f- a working film director makes maybe, maybe like 65000 a year. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It really is unfortunate because especially now everything is digital. Like everything is streaming, everything's on YouTube, everything is on TikTok. But um, when it comes to like the film world, it's really hard if you want like a practical steady job. Mm-hmm. So the way I went into it because of these internships was even now when people ask me, like, what, what do you do? Like, what would you describe yourself as? Instead of just saying, oh, I do film, I say, oh, I'm a media storyteller. So I like anything to do that tells a story, whether it's in animation, video editing, marketing, social media or editorial. So anything that can help bring a story to life, that's something I like to do. So I definitely think it's good that I haven't put myself in that box of, Oh yeah, I just, I do film, you know? Cause it's like, well, what else can you do? Like, how else can you apply that? And I definitely think with that, especially the last internship with marketing, that definitely helped. And I know it helped me get my current position because right now I'm a marketing communications assistant and they really like that aspect. Of course, 
because I had that title before. So it's like yeah. he kind of knows what he's doing. And then again, they appreciated the fact that I could do animation. And I do think it's a blessing that I did tackle that because originally I just went to school for film. I had no intention of going in for animation. But then again, um, at least the school I went to, it was all theory based. It wasn't all like actual production, but their animation program was. Mm. And so having that extra skill always piques the interest of everyone that I've applied for. And at my current role, they were like, that's amazing. <laughs> because no, me. that's okay. They're like, that's amazing because sometimes they ask us to do things like animation and we simply just can't do that. So it's nice to have someone with that skill set. So I've actually haven't had too many products. I mean, projects like that. But I've nudged it in like I did a holiday card for them and I did a greeting card for clients that was like purely animated. So I definitely think being able, being able to transfer all those skills into any job has been really resourceful. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really cool, though, like being able to kind of like push your way into like all these little like nooks and crannies of like creativity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that sounds really fun. Yeah. Also very like on your tiptoe. You know what I mean? You're always trying to do the next thing like kind of like how you're saying like the little gift like that's so cute like that's awesome sorry i Didn't hung know. on that i thought that was cool <laughs> no i thank you yeah you're welcome. no it's super cool and i really like that you don't put yourself in a box because when people ask me what i do the easiest thing to do is i say i'm a videographer yeah because it's like i don't want to say everything i do in a day because then it doesn't make sense to them or they not as interested but yours is way more interesting that's a way better way of saying it yeah a media storyteller that's that's actually really cool i really might steal that you can use it please do because that's always a good gateway whenever anyone's hiring is i always tell everyone the first thing i say is i don't put myself in a box yeah i can do more than just what you see on yeah. like my degree and that's that's smart because the majority of the time as much as they are just looking for one position they also want people with growth aspects you know and i feel mm -hmm. like once they see the range of like talent you have to offer i feel like they're gonna take advantage of it for sure definitely and i know me myself i get bored kind of easily mm. and um if i don't have a lot of tasks to do i do find myself being like but i wish i could do more like i learned all these different skills i wish i could use them and i guess i'll use this as a good transition that i did get a new job recently and that was very exciting um because at my current job it has been a great gateway into like the marketing world and a great gateway outside of college. Mm. But I found a job that will let me tackle on just a little bit more. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to be working at a museum and that it sounds like it's going to be a total blast. I'm going to be their creative media producer. So I'm going to produce content that you see in house. So like if you're walking around and they have monitors up, sometimes they'll need video content to go there. I'll do um, virtual tour videos. I'll do probably some exhibition videos. I don't know everything because I haven't started yet. Yeah. But I'm just going off of what I've seen so far on their social media and on their YouTube website. So as soon as I saw that position, I knew I had to apply, especially because I think the thing that's going to be really unique is I'm not going to be at a desk. I'm not going to be at an office. I'm going to be in a gallery mm -hmm. all the time. So I definitely think that's going to be a big perk. And I remember one of the things that sold me on me really wanting this job is in one of the interviews, the guy was like, if you feel like you're stunted or you feel like you're not having a good day or you feel stuck, you're more than welcome just to walk the gallery, look at the art, maybe mm -hmm. go look at a sculpture, go to the cafe. And I was like, sold. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds amazing. It's like almost 
at any aspect as you're at your job, right? There's freaking creativity around the corner, like, and also new ideas. And like, I mean, that sounds like the environment is perfect for what you have to create. Yeah. And it's always going to be changing, you know? Yeah. Because I know obviously they'll have stuff that will be permanent exhibitions, mm-hmm. but definitely things are going to switch out. And I do think it's going to be interesting to get that behind the scenes mm-hmm. because I have gone to museums. Like I just went to one in December, but it's going to be cool being able to really like go one step further, yeah. you know, cause I've always gone in as a patron. I've never gone in as like a worker and I never even thought that I'd work at a museum. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. I, sometimes you don't even think you're going to work at the job you have. Like right now, I just work from home. Yeah. And I always joke to my boss. I find it so funny. I graduated from my bedroom and here I am <laughs> transitioning into the adult world in my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which that sucks, by the way. Like it, it is what it is. It's a part of life right now. But it's, I mean, I'm sorry that you graduated like at there. Did you, you didn't get the ceremony or anything, right? So what was really unfortunate was they kept saying, we're going to have one. Like, I promise you guys, mm. we're going to have a ceremony. And they announced it in like October of last year Mm. saying that this January, two weeks ago, almost that we're going to have an in-person ceremony. I got my hair permed (laughs) literally the week of, um, not the week of, I got it permed the last week of December. Mm. And then that Friday they sent an email one week before the event saying that they're canceling it. And I remember I was so furious. I mean, I, get it because of omicron i get it but um what frustrated me was the late notice Mm -hmm. i'm okay with it mainly because i live so close to the school so there's another ceremony i guess i'll go yeah but i just know people who had their family fly out from the east coast i have people who lived in texas who this one girl i was reading on instagram because obviously the school got flooded with so many comments she was like i used all my travel time earlier in december So I had to really work around this. And then I used all my sick time because I did have COVID back in like uh, November. And so I had to jump through hurdles to get this time off because I don't live in the state anymore. Mm -hmm. And I had to go rent another hotel room because, again, I was already here earlier in December. But that was for family. So now I'm out of a hotel. I'm out of like transportation. I'm out of a ceremony. And I even left a comment myself because in the letter they left, they were like, we are so, so sorry, but just know that we are proud of you. And I'm like, well, being so, so sorry and remaining proud just does not cut all the people who took all these costs. Like, obviously, this was a thing that we've known about since early December. Mm -hmm. And I know at the Chase Center, they were requiring that you need your booster Mm -hmm. in order to have this event happen. And I'm like, they should have communicated that early in December. Yeah. So it was definitely very frustrating because... I already knew I wasn't getting a ceremony back in May of last year Mm -hmm. and I knew it probably wasn't going to happen. But then for three months having this little tingent of hope and then the week before after I spent like a hundred dollars to get my hair curled. (laughs) (laughs) It just got shattered. Got shattered. Well, the perm looks great. So it didn't go for nothing. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. (laughs) It looks super natural, which is really nice. I know. It's actually getting a little long because before it didn't fall. It just used to stand up. up. Yeah. But now it's getting a little long. Yeah. So maybe before I start the museum job. I'll get it cut. But it's funny because they've only seen me with curly hair. Yeah. So I wonder if they're like, wait, what? <laughs> I straighten my hair now. <laughs> yeah, right. Or I get my ID tag because I'm sure I'm going to need an ID tag. Yeah. And it's going to be me with curly hair. But then like 
for the remainder of time. It's going to be me with straight hair. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to ask you what school you went to, but maybe you don't have to now after we talk about it. Maybe off air you can tell us. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) after. What school was it? I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, But, I mean, it's just like this happened to so many people with the, with like, um, I didn't, you're actually the first person I've heard that actually they rescheduled the the graduation ceremony. Everyone I know that graduated just said it, they just said it was canceled. They sent them all their stuff and said, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of people had drive-by graduations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen, yeah, sorry, I've seen that. I think Sella had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I don't think she took it. I mean, I wouldn't I either. She did. Yeah. Because it's just, she I don't like, know, I don't it's care. too quick. Yeah, we went out and she took pictures in front and um, she was like, that's good. She yeah, me too. Good. I took pictures at the Her school. Her parents wanted it. Yeah, and but <laughs> didn't like Luna drag Oh, her? yeah. she Yeah. So I told Sella. Okay, so this is the story. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, so I'm excited. Hello, Sella. Here you go. Um, <laughs> so uh, we she was like, she wore like, I think they were wedges, like really tall wedges. And um, we were in a park with Luna and like we were going to go and like take more pictures of her. And I think uh, Maria handed Luna to her and I was like, oh, here, I'll take her. She goes, no, I got her. And I was like, "Okay, dude, you're going to get dragged. And I freaking called it. And Luna saw a squirrel and took off and just like Sella got dragged for a minute. It ripped her dress. She scraped her knee and her arm, like her little like back shoulder blade. And I was just like, told (laughs) you. I literally (laughs) sat there and watched her. And then I was like, I should get Luna. (laughs) It was hilarious. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it was pretty great to watch, but I was just like so happy because I was like, why do you, I was like, I called it, man. Like I told you not to grab her. <laughs> Poor girl. Because Ella yeah. said she saw a squirrel. Yeah. And that's what triggered her to Yeah, just she go. just took off. She had, yeah, nothing was, nothing was holding her back. And she was barely holding on to the leash. And yeah. then when she started taking off, she grabbed it more. But yeah. Which then just took her. Yep. Yep. Center. <laughs> It's just good memories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but what um, the job at the museum is like extremely impressive. Congratulations yeah. on that. Oh yeah, That's... especially from the amount of applications that got sent through. Yeah, I um, actually the the hundred one was for the internship oh, I did. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I got missed. But up. for the museum, that was definitely a process because mm-hmm. it was a lot of interviewing, and it's not an entry level role, which is what I was surprised about. Uh, obviously I am qualified and I know that I did do a good job talking to them because obviously I secured the role, mm-hmm. but it, it just surprised me being not even a year out of graduation, being mm-hmm. able to get, and I wouldn't call it a senior level role because it's not, but just a mid associate tier level role. Yeah. That's what's really exciting about it too, because I know there's going to be more responsibility that comes with it. Um, they mentioned that it is a pivotal role because everything is online right now. Yeah. Um, the museum is open to the public and I'm really excited to like interact with people again because mm-hmm. that's, I've missed that. Yeah. Cause right now it kind of just feels like I'm playing a video game. Like <laughs> I wake up at seven 30, I open my laptop, I type hello and like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is definitely going to be fun. And I'm really grateful that I used all the work for my internships and my college um, portfolio in order mm-hmm. to really just tell them that I am the best candidate for this role. And they actually did take keen interest into the animation work I did. They, uh, 
They asked about my reel. They asked about my, about my portfolio. And then I did include a lot of the videos that I had made for um, the podcast. And then I also included all the videos I made for the other internship. So definitely everything has helped build up to this. Like, yeah. I remember I was having a conversation with my dad and he was like, see, I know um, the podcast, it just became too overwhelming after a while. And I know with the internship, it didn't lead to a longer term role. And I know right now you're just working from home and it feels discouraging because you're not around people, but everything you're doing has a purpose. Like there's nothing that you've done that hasn't that's been like redundant. You yeah. Know? Everything's been productive into this next journey. For exactly. Sure. And it's all been useful too. So it hasn't that's been awesome. like, I can't use that because it doesn't yeah. apply. So everything. So I guess it is a good story to just remind people that even if you think what you're doing right now doesn't really matter, or yeah. if you're just beating yourself up, like, well, it could be better. Like, why isn't it better right now? It's this experience, the experiences that you're doing now and everything that you're producing now that can help lead you to a better tomorrow as corny as that sounds, but it's yeah, the truth. It is. <laughs> no, it a hundred percent is the For truth. Sure. There's this like old, like Chinese, like proverb that I'm like ripping off a podcast I heard. And it's this like Chinese. Um, uh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So this Chinese man was, um, he, I forget how it goes, but basically things keep happening to him. Mm-hmm. And then like, um, it'll be, it'll be, a, uh, so his horse runs off one day and then all the, the whole town comes and they say, that sucks. I'm sorry. He's like, we'll see. And then the next day the horse comes back, but it has a whole herd of horses that just followed it back. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh my God, that's so like all the town comes. They said, that's so great. And he's like, we'll see. And then his son goes the next day to break one of the horses and then falls off and breaks his leg. And then the town comes and says, that sucks. That's so bad. He's like, we'll see. And then the next day, um, the military people are coming around trying to, enlist all the young men around town for the war and they skip over his son because he has a broken leg and they said that's so great you should be so happy and he was like we'll see and it's just kind of saying you'll never know what what everything means or what's going yeah. towards and i definitely feel i feel like what you're saying because it's like with with work i've done it's it's crazy how everything you're learning somehow morphs into like making you perfect for the job that you want yeah, like definitely. You, you just get in there and you're like, oh, wait, I can do that. Oh, wait, I am good at this. Wait, no, this works out. And it's like, because I could do this because I did that job, but I hated it then. But now I'm glad I did it because now I got this skill that adds in or at, makes me more valuable than the next guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, do you think I was like listening to that and it's like, I know that you know you're qualified. You know that you're capable of doing all that stuff. But do you feel on any level you have imposter syndrome? Like, do you feel like on any level you're like, they don't know I'm still like a college student. They don't know I'm like, you know, but even though you're capable of it, but like for some reason there's like the little voice in your head that's like, can we do this? So interesting question. I think up until now, I've always known like, no, I I got this. Mm -hmm. Like when I have applied for different jobs and various different roles, there have been times where I'll just spend like a couple days out of the week, just screenshotting different positions that I think I can do. And then I'll go back to it and I'll be like, Oh no, I'm not, I can't do that. <laughs> so then I'll just delete it and I'll comb through and I'll really just either apply or I'll work towards something that I know I can do. The only time that I did feel like it wasn't that I was unqualified. It just felt, what if I'm too young? was for the museum was Mm -hmm. I that was the only thing that made me nervous because I remember 
I spoke to, um, you know, I don't know how confidential it is. So I won't go into like too many details about the whole process, but I spoke to someone who'd been there for a very long time. And I, in my mind, I just went, oh, you're an adult. Yeah. Like you are an adult. And it's not that they're old. It's just they know what they're talking it's about. It's experience. They're very experienced yeah. and they're, they are a professional in what they do. And I remember getting off of that call and I told my dad, like, what if they just look at me like I'm 23? What if they just look at me like I'm a post-grad? So it's not so much I think I can't do something. I'm just afraid, like, what if I get viewed in a different lens because I am very young? Yeah. I know I can do it, but sometimes they might just favor someone else who just has a little bit more experience or a little bit more years on you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that definitely makes sense, and that's, like, a valid insecurity, but... I mean, you did get the job though, so yeah. So yeah, that's fun, what I'm very fun, excited yeah. about. <laughs> you're 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 doing it for sure. Because I definitely think um, when it comes to that, you just have to feel confident in yourself. Yeah, I was gonna say the confidence with this guy is great. Like it's <laughs> it's for sure. Like and that's a lot of people. I always and like something I've always talked about with other people. It's like, I mean, you can fake confidence so easy. It's so easy, but it's like when it's genuine, you can see it. You know. And we just for feel sure. it. You just know. Yeah, exactly. Like and it's a it's vibe. Like, exactly. Like you can just walk into a room and you know. Exactly. Like, and well, that's most definitely air. You're secure. <laughs> Thank you. Because sure. like I went into every role I've applied for. Yeah. And, you know, I am very honest and upfront. Like there have been interviews I've done where it's like, can you do this? I'm like, actually, I can't do that. Yeah. I don't have experience in that. However, I know what it is. I'm yeah. willing to learn how to do it. Yeah. And if this is the position where I can grow, I can definitely tackle that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not, it is also being confident, but it's also just trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I, I do have this, especially for even the first internship I got, it was, well, what experience do you have? And I'm like, I have my college experience, but from that I have done X, Y, and Z. And I know with you, I can do A, B, and C. Yeah. So it's more so just trusting your abilities, trusting your skills, and then um, just being able to make good conversation with people. Because I definitely can tell when you interview someone, because I've had to interview people too, um, when it comes to doing certain roles or like taking over a role that I'm leaving sometimes you can just tell they're very scared mm -hmm. and that is not a bad thing. It is okay to be scared and it is okay to be nervous. But, um, sometimes you really just have to trust that what I'm saying, it's not what they want to hear. It's I'm expressing myself in the way that I can explain. This is why I am the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there's, there's the flip side of the coin because, you know, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about the interview process and admitting you don't know something because, like, you know, all of our social media and everything like that, it's always, like, if you want to make it, you have to fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. And it's like, but I've gotten jobs. I feel like I've got my last job on just being super all open. And when they asked me about something, I was like, honestly, like, I'm great at this, but I don't know anything about that. Yeah. But I know that this is transferable and I can learn it or whatever. It's it, And then I think that that was a big thing, too, of just being open. Because not a lot of people are. People, like, everyone knows to fake it till you make it now. So it's just like you're kind of just cutting through the bullshit when you're interviewing people, trying to figure out. But also I do feel like, you know, people are scared and you have to, like, um, just kind of get the vibe off of somebody. Yeah. But I do, I do feel like a lot of people lie. Definitely. Because it's the whole fake it till you make it like thing that's been instilled in everyone's brains. 
I actually had my animation professor tell me um, when he graduated, he went to work for a studio and he did not know the program, <laughs> but he said he did. And he was like, okay, I'm going under the radar. I, no one is noticing that I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but then they did. And they told him, you have one week to figure it out or else we're going to let you go. Mm. And he was like, there was no more faking it. It was, I had to learn this program. And we were like, oh, what happened? And he's like, I was sleep deprived, but I learned it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's definitely being honest and upfront. But if you're going to fake it, you have to know that you can learn how to do something. Uh, 100% yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, because I... I I know that I've faked it till you make it, mm-hmm. but it, it was within my, I knew it was within my realm of capability capabilities mm-hmm. because I, I, I PA'd on a Netflix film. Oh wow. And I, I never did that before. Yeah. But I lied and I was like, <laughs> I've done that before because <laughs> I, I did work for a, a small end production company that did commercials outside, like out in Hayward. Yeah. And then I did like gaffing work and things like that. And I've been around that. And I was like, yeah, I did like PA work with that. But I've, I had no idea of procedures or anything like that. And I just crammed as much YouTube videos as I possibly could to learn everything. And I had a little notebook and I just wrote down all these specific key terms to remember. Got yourself a all, cheat sheet. <laughs> no, exactly. I kept, the, I kept it in my pocket. I, I learned all the lingo for um, like the the walkie talkies and I was a truck PA. So I had to drive a big truck, which when I was there, I was like my whole life I've drove just random different cars, big trucks, um, just things like RVs, things like that. And then I was like, I was like, look at me. I got qualified for this job because my dad made me drive random ass (laughs) shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and then I became the walkie PA and I remember watching, they told me that I was gonna be the walkie PA as well. And I was like, sick. They're like, you can do that. I was like, yeah. I was like, cause I just watched a video the night before on yeah. that. And everyone was like, that's the worst job. That's the worst thing you could be. And then I did it and it, it was kind of complicated, but thank God I crammed for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how people just oh, like assume it's going to work out. Like you have like, okay. So I feel that I'm better than other people because I have anxiety because I get anxious about work. And so it makes me double down on everything yeah. to make sure I'm able to do it correctly because I'm too scared of fucking up, which makes me prepare way harder than a lot of people I've been around. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether or not that's healthy, I don't know, but it works out for me. I mean, I don't know if I would say it's unhealthy, but um, I mean, you got to also make yourself feel comfortable. And with anxiety, you're never comfortable. And doing the most to make you at least like adequate enough to be like, I, you know, I'm good. Yeah, but the the anxiety kind of recedes, sorry, um, as you get used to it. I need to get better. Yeah. Things like that, or you get more comfortable. Exactly. But but definitely like. Well, see, that's where the confidence comes from too, because you know what you're doing. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to change the conversation too much, but I do really want to talk about something that you guys have uh, in common and yeah. you uh sent me notes earlier of like things that you don't mind talking about you're reading scythe yeah so he has actually read them as well oh yeah yeah i haven't read, read all of them. um the last one's the thunderdome right or no, what's the third one the toll i just the toll. bought okay, the book so i bought the book i've listened to the f- i bought the f- 
I was going to buy the first one, but then I ended up listening to the audiobooks of yeah. the first two. Yeah. But I bought the book for the third one, and I just haven't read it yet, but I'm going to. Yeah. They're so fire. I know. You know, it's really funny because I was hesitant to put that on the list <laughs> because I was like, a book? Is he gonna... <laughs> we don't want to talk about a book. <laughs> but I could not put the, the second book down. I will admit, the first book got was a little boring. Like, it was good at the beginning, eh, at the middle, and then it picked up at the end. But the second book just had me and it's mm-hmm. clutches. Like I read the whole thing pretty much up yesterday up until today. Oh damn. Yeah, okay. And so it's I fresh. Here, I got the new book. Gotcha. Okay. I was like, I gotta finish it. Yeah. Johnny was telling me a little bit ago about, he was like, you gotta read this book. You gotta, you gotta read it. And I was just like, sure. But I, I never touched it. I never, whatever. But he still was like, this is so good. And he's like more keen to listen to him. So like the audiobooks, he was telling me, like, yeah, my my ADHD, they were ADHD is like too extreme. Like I can't finish a book easily. Either oh, really? I'll either read it all in like three days, two or three days, yeah, just really quickly, or I just I can't get back to it. Mm. So I, I've learned that audiobooks because I could I'll always listen to them when I'm driving or when I'm working out and things like that, and that's how I get through. That's like so many more books, but it's like so good. Like Thunderdome is or. Thunderhead. Um, Thunderhead. Fuck. I kept thinking Thunderdome sounds so weird. But it's been, it's because I listened to, I listened to the second book not that long after it came out. So it's been a minute since I've. Because I think the second book came out five years ago. Oh, never mind. Oh, damn. No, no, I didn't. Wait. No, it had to be. It was at least two years ago. It was two or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then. It was before COVID, but like literally like not even. Yeah, but I didn't get this. I didn't get the second book until I think I. Within the last year, because I had yeah. it here, mm. and then I bought the third one six months ago, okay, or something like that. And then because that was right after it came out, and I was looking at Barnes and Noble, I was like, "You got to have this book." But I like one thing I hope with them is I hope they never become movies, because They're I feel actually they sold the rights to it. Oh, I just really? hope it's not like The Giver, because The Giver was just. Did you ever see that? I didn't. No. Okay, did you read the book in in school? I feel like, see, I j- actually just had this conversation where so I was like, do you remember reading The Giver in school? And I'm like, I really feel like I did, I did, but I really don't remember it because mm-hmm. it was that long ago. Yeah. I remember I was, I, because I used to work at Safeway. I was a nighttime stalker, so I'd work mm-hmm. the graveyard shift. And I would, it started with music and then you get really tired of like the same music. Yeah. Um, And then I went into, I started listening to audiobooks and stand-up comedy. Oh, okay. And then, because if because on Pandora, you just click on someone you like within stand-up comedy, and then it just tells, it just cycles through different, like, one-off jokes yeah. of different comedians, and it's, like, super entertaining to follow along with. But I listened to The Giver, and the book was so fucking good, but then I got hella mad because I thought the ending was gone. Oh, really? I, I was like, what the fuck happened? Because I listened to it on YouTube. And then I searched and searched, and I think I was about to buy it, but then I found out that was the actual ending, and then I saw the movie because I was so hooked to the book. It was so fucking good, yeah. except for the ending. And then the the, the movie was just not good. <laughs> Jeff Bridges in it, and that's supposed to be okay, but it just it's one of those ones that it's very um, it reminds me of Scythe because it's very futuristic and almost like perfect esque world. Problems are all solved, things like that, and everyone's monochromatic and all these things. Yeah, yeah. I think it that would be a little too hard to bring to the screen. Cause I remember I was reading the second book and I was like, okay, but how are you going to capture all the environments without it looking completely CGI 
And especially there are just some scenes that happen that I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to see that like on a screen because I like the way I'm imagining it. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think someone making it is going to bring it to justice, you know? Well, yeah. And I feel that one of the biggest and most compelling parts is just the main character and their internal dialogue. And they're like, there's like all this stuff that you'll never see in the movie. So if you, when within the movie, you're just getting the actual physical actions, which it's going to make a decent movie for people that have never read the books. But when when you're just missing out on this whole other level of it, which I understand that's probably the reason that most people don't like the films of the books that they love. Yeah. But there's just so much going on. Cause I know with the Thunderhead book, a lot of it is just the Thunderhead speaking Mm -hmm to the reader mm-hmm. and in the movie you're not going to get that because um just to give context the thunderhead is an all-knowing ai so it kind of governs the world mm-hmm. and it is it says i make no mistakes because i make no mistakes mm. so at the end of all the chapters of that specific book it just talks to the audience and gives little snippets that help you not just understand the world a little bit better but also come to understand the, itself better mm-hmm. Because there was also an important part at the very end. I'm not going to spoil it, of course. But the AI figures out something. And it was like, how have I, why am I not paying more attention to this? Like, why hasn't this been an issue for me before? I am getting kind of nervous now why I'm not paying attention to this issue. And I keep trying to brush it off because it was building up to that. Mm. Like, there was one chapter I was like, why is it even mentioning that? Like, that's not important. But then as it progressed, I was like, Oh, it was that's ve- like very weird foreshadowing almost. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. And it was funny because it's not even foreshadowing. It was being very specific. Like it was literally oh. saying like <laughs> there is this because cer- it's not a spoiler. It was like there's a certain place on Earth that I cannot see. And but I don't think it's that big of an issue. But then as the plot goes on, it's like, wait, why am I not realizing this is an issue? This yeah. is an issue. Why can't I see it? Yeah. And then you figure it out at the end. There's just something very important with that. Gotcha. And I just don't think in a movie, how are we going to get that perspective? If yeah. Because it's, it's an AI that has no form. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how are we going to get that yeah. and have it be compelling? Yeah. And there's, there's so many different aspects of it. So this is like a futuristic world, right? And mm-hmm. they've kind of, they've solved death. You can't die. Yeah, that's and there's what... a thing called splatting where like they just jump off the roof of a, of a building and then just splatter on the ground and then they like heal up. Because they go into this like recovery like place and like they'll just ICU in a way exactly gotcha. and then they just they just come back or whatever and they have um like internal like nano like bites or whatever it's called and then they would like heal them or whatever right kind of like from uh what was it Civil War no it's not Civil War the the Avengers movie when uh uh it's not Civil War sorry it's when Hawkeye like gets and they like remake flesh. Oh, you know maybe about, yeah, right? probably probably like that. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. that's the yeah. only reference I got. Yeah. No, yeah, kind of. Yeah, like and that. they like um, they like download digital skin, like you know okay, what I'm talking it's, about. It's kind of it's probably like that. Yeah, it's, it's very it's, similar. That's probably that's how the they'll only, explain yeah. it. That's the um, only thing that went through. Yeah. <laughs> so so with with that being said, since people are being made right, but people can't die, they created the scythedom where different people are scythes and they have to go out and they have to kill a certain amount of people. Every, well, they don't, do they have a quota or it's like, they do have a quota. It's in order to keep the population at a, at a good function. Right. Yeah. Like it's, and so the thunderhead has no control over them and he has no contact with them. He doesn't see them or no, or they just kind of, they work under their own 
um, councilship. And it just kind of ensues from that. And it's, it's basically centered around two people that both get chosen to be a scythe. Yeah, because I remember years ago, Johnny was talking to me about this book. And he was super, super enthusiastic. And, like, I'm not saying I wasn't, because I was. It did sound very um, entertaining to, like, listen to. And, like, like the idea of it was very original. Yeah. Like, I haven't heard of anything like that. Um, and it's so simple, too. Like, it's such exactly. a simple concept. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I just, I don't know. I just never went out of my way, I guess. But, I mean, the, the, the idea was super, super uh, catchy. Like, I, I would want to get into it more, for sure. Yeah, and it trust me, like as it builds in the second book too, with um, with like Scythe Goddard, it's fucking and they have more like, perspectives, which I thought was something that I don't see in books all the time done very well. Mm-hmm. Where it starts to diverge instead of being one person's perspective, it's two, then it's three, then it's four, and then some. At one point, I think it becomes five, and I'm like, oh my god, this should be a mess. Like this whole yeah. book should be a mess because it's just too many people to keep track of. But it's just done very well to where everyone's perspective is for the greater story. Mm. Yeah, and then it, it's just like it's really well written because it all ties in and yeah. comes in. Um, I'm having such a hard time too because it's been so long since yeah. I write. I'm like trying to remember mm. like everything that happened, but I just I just know how much I like it and I need to get to that third book. But but yeah, I'm like trying to like remember specific things. But I guess it doesn't really matter because we don't want to say too specific of. Yeah events within the, the I, books i do have a question do you know um how did you actually get a hold like how did you get into this book like did you just see it and took a shot or did someone recommend it to you so really funny um <laughs> i really didn't i mean i read a lot in high school like a lot like i'd go through books all the time in high school but i feel like once college hit i was like no i don't want to read anymore <laughs> i'm done with reading i've got too many things to read and so reading stopped being for leisure and it was just to learn. And mm-hmm. so I was just turned off by like, okay, I really don't want to read anymore if I'm reading 60 pages a night yeah. of Roman literature. Yeah. But then last year, well, more like two years ago, my, my boyfriend, he's really into reading mm-hmm. and like he has a ton of books mm-hmm. and he just started giving me books. I'm like, here, you're going to read this. You're going to read that. You're going to read this. Funny enough, I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but I just found <laughs> out that the reason why he gave me all the books was because he was running out of space in his house. <laughs> and he was like, I, I need to store these somewhere. That's so hella funny. I thought it was... <laughs> yeah, you'd think it's great too. <laughs> so I, was, I did read the books, most of them. I still got a couple to get around to, but I definitely, it piqued me getting back into reading. Yeah. Because he was like, no, you're going to read. And what's even more, you're going to tell me about it. So uh, I know you're reading it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but it it was fun like the yeah. books he gave me weren't boring they're very entertaining and this leads into this question because we do go to the bookstore quite a bit mm-hmm. because he really just loves books he loves to look at books he loves to see if there's any new books that he'd like to read sometimes i'm like do you really need another book yeah you got yeah. a lot of books you but should tell him about that really cool thing where you like take one and leave one yeah you know? yeah he's seen those in alameda because we out, have right? them yeah i know um yeah, I when we went out there, there was like a lot all around, and then with um, wait, what are they called? Wait, the little things that like go around. What you guys have like little 
houses and stuff everywhere. Oh, for, we have little doors. Yeah, for what? What are they called? For what are they? I think they were. I don't think it's they have an official name. It's not for fairies, name. right? It's for something. No. What's it? I think it was just the people were putting up little doors. There are little doors all over Alameda. Yeah, but they're for something. I don't remember. I don't remember either, and it's gonna kill me. But we went around. We were like walking around. We saw these like little tiny doors for fuck what the fuck are they called it was like these little like well someone said fairy doors i remember yeah, we had that conversation it's like fairy doors or something but also it was like um um it might be fairies it's i feel like it's something else but i'm i'm just i'm blanking yeah but it, it's so cute i'm sorry but that was completely random but go on sorry no it's okay they're really cute like they've got different designs based off of where they're at like yeah. some are in a tree some are in restaurants some are like on the pavement really cute but um, to just quickly answer the question, so we go to bookstores all the time, and I just kept seeing the cover because it, it just stood out to me because it's basically just a silhouette of a person in a cloak yeah. because they look, you know, like a Grim Reaper. Yeah. And I remember I kept seeing it, and I was like, oh, damn, it looks kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So then one day I just picked it up, and then mm. I was at a book sink, and the sign was like um, employee review. And they were like, the best sci-fi trilogy you will ever read. It kept me going, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, fine. You've convinced me. I'll buy it. And again, the first book was all right. But the second book has really hooked me. And I'm like, well, damn, now I want (laughs) to read the last one. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was, um, I gave Johnny a heads up because, um, I think he did the same thing you did and kind of just saw it. Oh, it was, I was literally walking past it. And then, cause the first one, the first book's orange, right? Like I think it's red. Red. Okay, it's red, red and yeah. black. So like little, when I, I saw it, I know that. when I, like, <laughs> I saw it, I just like walked past. I was like, mm. and I like literally just stopped walking. And then I was like, grabbed it. I was like, I like that. Cause yeah. it's like, I choose my, like I, I stopped drinking yeah. beer right now, but I choose my beer literally just based off of the, like, cause I just drink He's IPAs. He's judging books by their covers, bro. I'm judging by their <laughs> covers. It's like, I choose it based <laughs> off the graphics. So the book just like, was like, that looks good. Yeah. I've bought books from the dollar store just because of the cover intrigued me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this probably will be good. Yeah. I haven't read that one yet that I bought from the dollar store, but I will read it. Yeah. But and when I was true. like, yeah. And when I was telling Johnny, I was like, oh, just so you know, like Eric read these. And he's like, I've never heard, I've tried to talk to other people and they've never read them or yeah, talked about Definitely the first person I've ever met so that, like, really also, that also cool. knows about the side trilogy. It's yeah. so interesting because like they're very well written uh-huh. to where I am surprised it didn't go mainstream. Yeah. Because I know, because I obviously it's really funny because I agree with one book review that, because they're right near the Hunger Games. It was like the, tr- the book that literally started it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I agree like, the Scythe trilogy definitely takes that utopia slash dystopia yeah. like theme. But I think it's, again, it's such a simple concept, but I just have not read it anywhere else where it's mankind is in charge of curbing the population because we've figured out all the world's problems and no one can die. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and honestly, you have to be smart because you're like, where do you go from that? You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and then it's, cool it's like, because that's, a cr- that's a great idea, but then it's like, well, fuck, now what? <laughs> What's interesting? Yeah. Well, it's just cool because it's like, then you go, it, it goes into the side them, right? And then it goes into just like fundamentals about being human and how people are just, some people are flawed, some people are different, some people want more and some people get a, have addiction and things like that. And it just kind of goes to show, it's like it, the, t- the 
no matter what, even in this perfect society, like these same old things come out, yeah. right? That like people want more and they're greedy and they, it's just really, it's, I don't know, it's really well written. I really liked it. I'm, I do have a question. Um, cause I've obviously never read this yeah. or anything like that, but, um, does, cause people don't die. You've kind of solved the problem of death, right? Yeah. Where does the, the, um, whole natural selection type come in does that even get talked about where it's like um like the elite will win type of idea like if you're stronger and healthier and whatever like you're proven for a longer life as of the opposite if you do have an addiction or if you are doing things you shouldn't or eating unhealthy like health conditions you know what i mean does that at all get talked about it does and it's not focused on specifically but it is mentioned that everyone's treated the same so mm-hmm. i think no one is purposely overweight no one is purposely unhealthy no one purposely has mental health issues oh, okay. like the so ai it definitely has focused it. in oh okay so it focused in on solving it so that there isn't has there doesn't have to be natural selection yeah. because everyone's kind of equal well yeah well anytime anytime any small problem arises the the ai takes care of it oh yeah sorry i was talking to you not no i know um but yeah no the the ai definitely comes in to solve all the little problems like you were saying and then it's just kind of at that point everything is just it's you know a perfect yeah maybe i didn't even focus on because i knew the idea of the ai but i didn't think of it being the actual guide to almost like purity of almost and what's interesting is there are a group of people they're called unsavories and those are the people that do want to do bad and that they they sound sour yeah (laughs) and they do want to like do bad things however society's advanced so much it's to the point where they're not openly doing it like they have designated areas that the thunderhead has created where they can just go unleash those urges Basically, (laughs) well, it's just really funny because the Thunderhead was like, I have solved every one of the world's problems that even the people who choose to go against me, I give them that out and I Mm. give them that access to be who they are. And after a couple hundred years, they usually just mellow out and become good people anyway. Gotcha. Is there sex in this book? It's see with the scythe thumb. What's really interesting is they're not allowed. <laughs> see, that's what I was. Yeah, okay. Because with them, since they're the takers of life, yeah, they're trained where that is just your main responsibility, and it sucks. But you're not supposed to have mortal possessions. You're not supposed to be biased. You're not supposed to. You're basically supposed they're to be under a blank direction. Slate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes if sense. I, I don't know if I remember this cor- correctly, but don't they even like eat, Scythe Faraday? Doesn't he eat relatively bland food as well? Like he's just very, I can't remember. Isn't that something? Or I think so. I think some of like the old guard, that's what they call like the older Scythe. Mm. Um, they do keep everything pretty minimal. Like I think like every night he has like just a warm glass of milk before he goes to oh. bed. You know, I think I remember you saying that and I was like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then it goes into... Like the greed aspect, and in, yeah. in, in the second, like first book and second book, it goes into these other sides that want different, and they want. Yeah. Um, well, how could you not? Well, yeah, because then, then they have yeah, the power. That's where the drive comes from, because they, you know, you could you could kind of like relate to them, like why wouldn't you want more? Mm-hmm. Like, go for it, man. But that's what's interesting is, I think the book plays upon 
if everyone's equal, everything is fine. But as soon as you start giving people power, that's where corruption sets in. And so yeah. definitely the corruption is the scythem because mm. obviously, like you said, everyone has desires and everyone is different. And especially if you, because it's not something you apply for, you're just chosen. Yeah. So it's, And to be chosen is probably a, like a really good feeling. No, it's not a good feeling. Oh, it's upset. like, it's you're, like you're, the victor. You're, you're ripped from your family. So it is. So, oh, okay. Oh no, I knew that. I knew that. Sorry. So it is kind of like in an aspect of the hunger games, you are picked without wanting to volunteer right basically it's just a scythe will see a person and they'll see a quality in them of i think this person would be unbiased would be unbiased or they can train to become an individual who can reflect our rules and um follow through and be a good taker of life that makes sense and it's like because it's a lonely life because everywhere you walk everywhere you go Nobody wants anything to do with you because you're the person that takes people's life, and everyone's terrified because all they like when they go out, you just walk up to someone and you're like, "I choose you," and then they they just have to be like, "All okay, right, yeah." <laughs> but what's also interesting is they can grant immunity, so mm. they can basically how it works is if they kill you, it's called gleaning because that's why it's like a scythe, you know, in the field yeah. gleaning. Yeah. If they glean someone, they give that person's family immunity for like one year. So everyone in so that they family can can't be touched. Yeah. And um, what's interesting about it is, yes, they're also like feared, like no one wants anything to do with them. But at the same time, you have people that go out of their way to make sure like, oh, because they don't have to pay for anything. Like they get everything for free. So everyone always tries to be as accommodating as possible. Mm-hmm. And the sites have noted like people only do this because they want because they grant immunity through their rings. They wear a ring that basically is like um, a filing system. Gotcha. And it's like, they just want to kiss my ring. So yeah. they get immunity. So they're feared, but they're also very specialized. Mm. Yeah. That's, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand though. Yeah. You know, like I feel like um, even in like, say you don't like, or someone you, that you know, you think they don't like you. You're going to do everything in your power to make them like you. So you're going to try and be that extra, extra person. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, I mean, it makes sense. So it's definitely interesting because I know the third book, like no spoilers because I haven't read it, but I know it's much different than the last two mm. because the the second book ended on such a like... I was, I was just going to say the ending of the second book is insane. I know. <laughs> I was surprised. Insane. Oh, so this is kind of exciting though because like if we, we could have you back after you both have finished the third book and kind of like do a little, a like 30 closure. minute, like quick thing. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I think that's I'm hundred really percent. I'm doing that. I'll finish yeah. the book. Cause right now I'm like, I haven't had melatonin. So I like, <laughs> I'll like read cause I have, um, the, I have a book that's mm-hmm. all three of Christopher Nolan's dark Knight or Batman movies, but it's, it's all the scripts, Yeah. but in, in a book form. And I've been just reading that every night and then I'll mm-hmm. feel tired from reading and I'll go to sleep. Yeah. So as soon as I finish that, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the toll. And Aww. then we could reconvene. Yeah, you're like Dale from uh, uh, Step Brothers when he gets older. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Never mind. You don't know what I'm talking about. He, like, gets older and he's in a routine and he starts reading and then he rubs his eyes and puts it down. It's like 8 o'clock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Super bizarre. Is there any other topic? I don't know. Johnny's looking at me. Um, Actually... That's a that's a pretty good point. We try to keep it around an hour. 
I don't know how to read that. That's okay. I would like to know why it says 15. Oh, you're just not reading right. You're fine. Okay, cool. I think that's good. Yeah. If, you, if you're good. I'm good. Are you I'm good? good too. Is there I anything you'd like to add? Thank you for letting me talk because I definitely am a talker. So it was nice to be able just to go. Yeah. Well, that's the best thing about a podcast. You know, we need people who, you know, want to talk and yeah. like actually kind of go. And I feel like um, a lot of the times uh, we'd like to have people on because we like to talk about them. Yeah. And then they'll, uh, without intention, it's always like, you know, within the conversation or we get distracted or whatever. But like, I feel like we really got to put a light on you. And it was really cool because like, I really love, uh, I loved hearing your journey as you're going through like careers and like yeah, interests and what, and it was like really cool. Cause I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah. And so I finally, you know, like we caught up and the last time we talked was you getting into the journey of doing it all and like your film's done now and like you're going to this new job at the museum like it's so cool like i'm i'm pretty fucking psyched for you yeah me too like i'll come back when we reconvene i'm like so i've started so yeah. i can talk a hundred percent no i'm really excited yeah it's gonna be hella sick yeah it's gonna be good i'm really happy this is really fun and i feel like this is the first podcast i'm not like saying anything but like <laughs> just like but like i feel like i talk too much i like uh, something i'm getting better at is not talking over people but like I feel like you guys and like, okay, I said this before we started the podcast, but I was like, you two are going to vibe so well together. And I called it because I was like, you guys have very similar interests Mm -hmm. and like your paths are very uh, parallel. I was surprised about the book too. I was yeah. like, no one <laughs> I know I didn't book. tell you before because yeah. I was like, I want to keep this a secret. Again, I was nervous. I was like, Eric, we don't give a f- about the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it was like, I don't know. It was just like, I was very ready to just kind of sit and enjoy and watch like kind of like a friendship bond. So I was, I was very excited. But Definitely. yeah, that was like my own little like thing. It was like being able to like sit and listen was very nice. Yeah, no. And I, I, I felt that it was nice to see someone else that's going along a journey and then like that I could see a lot of the same things that I've done. So, and then like kind of, um, just like uh, just a whole different, like, but a whole different like line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like like really parallel. Exactly. It's like a parallel, like, and, and then, and it's also, it's crazy because it's like, I always want to be in film, but it's, it's, there's so many different things you could do. And it's yeah. so cool seeing other people with the same interests as you, yeah. but doing kind of different things. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Really, it's really cool. I feel like, um, cause I didn't know about your job at the museum mm-hmm. up until here, but, um, it's really cool. Cause it's like how you guys were saying, like, um, like for one, you guys are parallel, but it's like Johnny always wanted to go and like direct movies and stuff. And that's what he was shooting for. But like, um, the best part is like he's at a job where he's like thriving in and he loves it. And it's like, I think the exact same thing is about to happen to you at the museum job. Cause it's like, it's not what you wanted in the beginning, but it's like how you were saying you, you worked all these certain things and you learned all these certain things on the road to this point for this next job. And I feel like that's what happened to him. So it was like really cool to kind of like see both aspects in my part, you know? Yeah. So it was really cool. I definitely think so too. Cause again, like I said, it's not a bad thing. It's just, I just never saw myself working at a museum. Cause I thought, how could I bring my skill set yeah. to a place that's so public and so open? And yeah. again, you just go to view, but I've learned it's, even though I haven't started, it's a lot more than just going exactly. in. Mm-hmm. And can you relate to that with like your job? No, a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause he, I mean, I'm, I mean, I know what you do, but, um, he basically goes and does like 
videography for um, real estate. It, oh, okay. it, it started as a real estate videography. Um, and I thought it was, it's sort of like, you know, like listing videos and photos and things like that. But then they were saying how they're getting more into commercial work and stuff. And then now we're really pivoting into commercial work for different high end clients. Plus we're, we're rolling out this whole content creation, short, uh, short form content for, um, real estate agents. And we're going to lenders and we're going to, um, like investment people and things like that. And then we're trying to dive into just creating content for everyone. And then we like, we're starting to, we're there. My company's growing so fast. We're just yeah. starting a new office. We're just going to have a podcast studio. It's going to have a studio where we shoot a lot of stuff in house and it's just going to be crazy. And, and I definitely think it's good because, again, now that we're more so in a streaming world because of COVID. A hundred percent. It's definitely giving you that avenue of, like, why don't we do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's and it's everybody wants, like, social media content. Yeah. And, yeah. and Johnny's pay. making TikToks. Oh, yeah. For his work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That must be fun. Because I know with my company that I'm going to start. I was like, have you guys done TikTok? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But see, that's also really, and I didn't say this earlier, but that's something I hung on to. That is also something that should be admired for your age is because you're coming in with this new, um, like TikTok and Instagram and all these new ways to kind of push content. And they probably don't have any access to that or even like kids things. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like you're going to be able to bring this new area of, um, being able to connect to other people and especially people at a younger age. But like, I mean, people our ages don't really go to museums, you know? And I think that's why in your head you were like, I never thought I would work at a museum. It's like, maybe this is a new gateway to open up that area for people our ages to get more into it, you know, definitely kind of brings it to our kind of our platform. Definitely. Cause like, (laughs) I don't know if you guys have seen the Duolingo TikTok, you know, for that language app. Uh uh-uh. but I even when I was interviewing I brought that up of like what's a unique brand that has marketed themselves in a unique way and I'm like Duolingo 100% because they've utilized TikTok in a way where again it's a language learning app you use it just to practice like if you want to learn Spanish or you know any language you're yeah. thinking of and the mascot is an owl and you know we've see, seen those memes of I don't know if you've seen them where it, it sends you a reminder of like have you done your lesson today? Oh, I think I have. No, I think I have. So they have an office somewhere. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> they have an office somewhere. Yeah. And they have like a mascot outfit and it's this gigantic owl. <laughs> and they're just hopping on every TikTok trend, but branding it as like, this is the Duolingo owl yeah. doing some really funny thing. And it's definitely almost made me be like, man, maybe I want to learn like, a language yeah. now because I just think it's mm. so funny how... Again, it's a brand. It's like this very professional brand that's been around for years mm-hmm. that's just making a joke of itself. Yeah. And they're getting millions of likes yeah. just because they're doing, a, you know, kind of a stupid trend. Yeah. But it's like, oh, it's an app. Like, but it also seems more accessible. Yeah. You know, because it's like, oh, hey, like they're relevant now. Like I should go check them out. Yeah. Like, it's exactly. like I'm not seeing it as an advertisement when I watch YouTube or movies or anything, but like it comes on my for you page all the time Mm -hmm. to the point where again, I am almost at the point of considering of maybe thinking of wanting to download. Yeah. (laughs) And also, I mean that the difference between like content and then 
advertisement. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to push through that fucking advertisement as fast as they can. But if you're making creative content that is kind of like parallel to what you want yeah. or like uh, are interested in. So if you're on TikTok and you see some dance in the song that triggers that kind of like, you know what I mean? Like you're like, oh, I like this song. Uh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, what the, f- what is this? Yeah, it's like some little trickery. Like you don't even realize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, you know, it's advertisement for sure. But they're just, and that, that's what you're doing. You're advertising, but you're putting in like. Uh, relatable content and those little exactly. gifts and, and all this other you, stuff to, to keep, keep you interested. Yeah. Because you're like, ooh, I love The Office. I yeah. love that they use that. Yeah. So it's it's really it's really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it's like my favorite thing that companies do right now with um with social media or like with TikTok is like the comment section where you have the verified like yeah the Wendy's verified comments. and like all this yeah. shit and then like like the um, NFL teams and they'll go and comment on random shit and it's yeah. just so fucking funny yeah like that's my that's one of my favorite things right now it's like there's nothing you could do better for your brand than to make really funny comments on yeah. people's posts because then people like they they'll like like that that they, takes the attraction they, yeah and then like you know people know it's just like a person or a team of people yeah. writing their comment. But also, like, you see that's that, that brand making yep. that comment yeah. now. Exactly, exactly. That's the best part for sure. Because you just don't expect a brand to be casual. Yeah. You just yeah. expect it to all be business. So when it's anything but business, you're like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, that's silly. <laughs> I do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I do want to thank you, though. Like, yeah. I'm very happy that you reached out and you were able to come out and um, you sat through the technical difficulties. Yeah, we really appreciate well. that. Thank you. No, <laughs> the patience was amazing. I had a fun time. Yeah, me too. It was great. But yeah, till next time, for sure. Absolutely. Thank I, you. Yeah, thank you.